0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
1: Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives in the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you had an okay week. Um, We are just a less than a week out from BravoCon. And as you all know, I'm going to be going this year for the first time ever. And I am so, so, so excited. If you're going to be there, please DM me and let me know. I would love to meet some of you. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm absolutely just so, so, so excited. Um, I also wanted to thank you all so much from the bottom of my heart for the sweet messages um, that you have been sending to me when I have expressed how I've been feeling about everything that's going on in Israel and Palestine and what it means to be a Jew in the United States right now and just a Jew in the world and a lot of the fears that I have. So thank you so much for your kind words and um I hope we all can continue to pray and ask for and demand peace all right guys um this week was so fun we had the real Housewives of Beverly Hills premiere you know I didn't think it was amazing but I thought it was really really good and I think we have a strong season I am ready for For it, And I have no better person to talk about Beverly Hills with than my guest, Aliza Rosen, who knows many of the women. And you'll hear more about how she knows them and her thoughts on and everything. And since she's a producer, she's very producer minded. And she sees and notices, notices things that I just as a regular viewer do not. And uh, man, we have a fascinating conversation. We also had the Roni reunion part one, which I thought was okay, but just kind of bizarre. I couldn't really figure out what they were trying to do with it. And Uba came in very hot. And, you know, Elisa and I talk about Uba and thoughts on her and very, um, truly disappointed uh, in her and what she said about slapping every man she has ever been with besides her current partner. Um, That is domestic violence and it's not okay just because she's a beautiful woman and um and a woman right it's it's just not okay and it really didn't sit well with me another thing that um was so raw and emotional that we got to see this week was Madison's son on Southern Charm got beat up or I mean it sounded like he was sort of beat up but bitten by another kid Um, And he comes in and he's crying and he's hurt and he's got scratches and bite marks and bleeding. And the cameras just caught it all in real time and her real reaction. And her husband seems like such a lovely fit for her because, you know, they comforted the kid together and then he brought the kid upstairs to get changed, to wash off, giving Madison a moment to gather herself because she was so upset. And of all of the moms too upset, I would not want to upset Madison LaCroix. (laughs) Like, you shouldn't fuck with Madison LaCroix's kid because (laughs) she can go crazy on your ass. And something that I've been thinking about a lot after watching this week's Southern Charm is why is everyone defending Taylor, particularly the men, But they were so, so hard on Madison for all the years where she behaved very similarly to what Taylor is doing now. And I mean, the only conclusion I've come up with is that Taylor is old money and part of the old boys club. She gets to do what she wants. She gets forgiven. She's from a good family. And Madison is not. She was considered white trash by Shep because she was a hairdresser. She's not in the same grouping as them. And it's just, it's wild how much like people are willing to excuse of Taylor's behavior and how much she excuses of her own. It's, it's very, um, Wild to me. I feel like she hasn't fully taken accountability that we've seen thus far for how she has hurt Olivia and how she has reacted in the breakup of her and Shep. You know, it sucks to get broken up with, it sucks to get your heart broken, but it doesn't give you an excuse to be an asshole to everyone around you, especially your friends. So, I'm hoping that she's learned that lesson and that, you know, all is okay now and time has passed and we'll see. We'll see at BravoCon. Her and Madison are actually in the same photo op group. So would I like to be a fly on the wall watching that? Um, all right, guys, we have such a great show today with Elisa Rosen. You guys are going to love her. She's been a recurring guest. She's one of my favorite guests. She's one of my favorite people to talk housewives with. I just adore her. Um, and as always, if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead, give it a five star rating, and leave a kind review. If you have any comments or constructive criticism, you can always reach out to me at Mandy Slutsker on Instagram. All right, we'll take a quick break and then back with Aliza. Hi everyone, I am here with one of my favorite recurring guests, Eliza Rosen. She is the founder and president of AYR Media, a full service production company focused on premium, unscripted, and documentary content encompassing podcasts, television, and
0: film. How are you doing, Eliza? I'm so happy to be back. As you know, I'm fired up and ready to go. I'm Beverly Hills, especially. I am just, I have so much to say. So many things. I want to hear all your thoughts. I'm very excited. I feel like it's giving us new life. It is. So you live
1: in Los Angeles and have lived there for how long? Eight years. And do you ever run into any of the women?
0: So years ago, I, I think 2018, maybe I ran into Kyle at the nail salon when I was living in Encino and she obviously lives there. And I was, the, it was really weird because I was sitting right next to her. I was at like some dumpy nail salon and I was getting an email from somebody telling me that Erica Jane was good to do my podcast, which I had a podcast at the time. And I went, oh my God, out loud. And I turned to the person next to me. It was Kyle. It was so weird. And I just blurted out. Kyle, I just heard from X person that Erica's going to do my podcast. She was like, who the hell are you? (laughs) And I was like, would you do it too? And she's like, okay. Like I totally cornered her. So I ended up doing it. I went to her house, the whole thing, which was really fun. I have seen Lisa Rinna at uh, the Nail salon where I go now because she lives closer to me than where I used to live. I live in Sherman Oaks. And who else have I run into? Uh, Dorit and PK I saw at Sushi once. They were sitting at the Sushi Bar. Um... And Crystal, I'm friends with. So I do see her. I love Crystal. Oh, and Garcelle, our kids went to school together until this year. So the funniest thing is if people look – I love Garcelle. And we've talked many times. If you look on Garcelle's Instagram from Jax's gradu, uh, sorry Jade's graduation – from eighth grade, everyone's like, who's the white girl photobombing? And it wasn't photobombing. I just was sitting right behind her when she took the <laughs> selfie. You see me like, you see me and my dad and my husband like, der. So um, so yeah, I guess I've kind of bumped into all of them in some way and some of them, you know, more than others, but um, it definitely feels close to home. Let's say that. But but having said that also like a million miles away. I. That's so interesting
1: that you've like, physically been in their presence and you've been at some of their houses you know yeah like that is so for me Beverly Hills is just so far away from my reality it's on the opposite coast it's got so much money (laughs) you know these women seem so well media trained that they they don't ever just show themselves just unfiltered they're always thinking how is this going to land and i find that Absolutely. interesting because it's annoying. In some of the other shows they're just very unfiltered i think the only unfiltered person that we've got is really sutton and i think yeah
0: she's got But sort even of sutton a, yeah. i feel like there's more like even with the whole uh ex-husband i'm like oh we've never heard any of that like i feel like they all have pretenses and they all i so agree with you and it's one of the things that makes it fascinating, but also super annoying because, you know, we're finding out five years after Teddy's left the housewives that she was near divorce from Edwin, like in her first season. And it's just like, uh, I'm sorry, where was that? We never heard that before. So just things like that make my head explode.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Well, okay. <clears throat> Do you
1: want to talk through like <laughs> scene by scene or just like basics?
0: I think like, let's go high level just because there's so much to say, but I'm sure that's going to touch on scene work as well. So I I will let you lead the dance, Mandy. You're very good at this. (laughs) Thank you. Everyone knows.
1: So I guess the thing I do want to start with is this healing ceremony with Eagle Woman (laughs) and Blue Raven. I don't know. Like, is there any Housewives franchise at this point that hasn't done healing work? No, I really don't. think. I really don't.
0: I mean, has Potomac done
1: it? I feel like they did something in Mexico because Karen Huger was like, this is weird. (laughs) I
0: think I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, So I'm just so used to it. it doesn't even phase me at this point. I'm just like and it's so L.A. too. But it was funny how Garcelle was like, oh, only Dorit. And I'm like, really? Is Dorit? Dorit's not really like this. I don't know. Maybe since the PTSD, she's become like that. But she didn't used to be like that. I think she's been
1: seeking something yeah, for the last fair. year or so. Um yeah. So at this healing ceremony, the two kind of big things that happened were Dorit got to confront Erica about what Erica did at BravoCon, saying that, you know, who's most likely to get divorced next on your show and she said she didn't want to answer and then eventually she said Dorit and PK and with did this head nod and all that. Um and then Kyle kind of opened up how she felt she wasn't getting support from her castmates with regards to everything that went down last year with Kathy. Let's start with Dorit I was rather impressed how she was being shady in her confessional talking about Erica. So you know, that's not a performer. That's a bitch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Somebody said that PK probably wrote that line, but she delivered it so well. It was, it was so, it was great. And by the way, there was another thing circulating I saw yesterday where like the times that Dorit has imitated Erica, she had done one like a bunch of seasons ago where she, she put her hands on her nose and was like, okay. (laughs) And I miss that Dorit. And I feel like we're getting that Dorit back, but it reminds me why she was such a good housewife because she's been such a shell of a person for the last two seasons. It's been sad. And now she's starting to get, at least it appears, her mojo back a little. And I miss that sassiness. I miss that personality that kind of just like vanished. Do you think Erica was truly sorry? No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if Erica... Erica... I I vacillate between thinking she's a stone cold sociopath or just um, playing at a sociopath, you know, like fast forwarding to the scene with the psychologist where she's like, how do I get empathy? Like, she's so smart. So to ask something, even if you truly don't have empathy, to ask that seems very calculated in a way. It's almost like if I convince people that I don't have empathy, then They'll understand why I said that about the victims. Like, it's just very strange. I don't know. Especially because Teddy said, Eddie, you know, of all the housewife, Erica's the one checking in on me all the time. She's always the one, you know, but is that a performance? Like, she keeps us guessing that one. I really don't know. I find her, she's great for the show. Let's be honest. I cannot stand her. I cannot stand her since the time. I used to like her. But with the Tom Girardi stuff, it just was so disgusting. And, you know, I know you you and I, and you have talked about this also many times, you know, don't believe she knew all those years at a certain point. She did know and stayed with him, you know, as long as the money was coming in, defended him, went after the victims. I mean, just disgusting, really bad behavior that had nothing to do with legalities or anything else. Just awful. So she's never really forgiven in my mind, having said that. I don't mind her being on the show. I think she's good for the show. Um, but, you know, I... I I don't, is she sorry? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. She actually has a heart in there. I think that, you know, she is. she's like one of these people that's had so much trauma from childhood and uh, doesn't really go deep because I think there a, may not be any depth there or she can't access it because, you know, it was sort of like, I'm going to be a star. And that was her single focus. For, you know, I read her book, quote unquote book. And it kind of just seemed like that's all she really cared about. And she really didn't get love. So she's a complicated person. I, 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 you know, if I was Dorit, I thought Dorit was very forgiving. I would have been pissed.
1: Yeah, I do. I did agree with one thing Erica said. I think the problem is that it was (laughs) on such a public stage, right? Yeah, that's the issue. But and the press and having to deal with the press and all of that, that to me is the the part that sucks but when she said are you and pk like in a good spot or i forgot what the qu- how she phrased it but she's like are you is your good? marriage strong is your marriage how strong would you say your marriage is strong and it's not and i think that's the reason why dorit was upset because if it was
0: strong then people talking like that it doesn't matter right? Oh, of course. No, it's awesome that it all happened. And then <laughs> I mean, it's just again, to your point where we started, the show is so annoying, where we're going to go through an entire season, and not really get the cracks in the marriage that I mean, she kind of talked to Kyle about it a bit. But you know, honestly, that just sounded like normal marriage talk. Uh, in a sense, it did not sound like a marriage on the brink. And maybe during the season, it wasn't or maybe it's been on and off. Like, look, marriages, I've been married. I've been with my husband 20 years. I've been married, I don't even know, 18, 17 years. I don't, can't keep track. You know, every day is up and down for us at least. So, you know, I'm not faulting Dorit if all of a sudden something happened, like the $1 million in addition that he owes for taxes that I saw today. Uh, that was the breaking Wait, point. You what? See that? Oh, yeah. You know how there's been all kinds of liens and Dorit paid off like a $600,000 lien? somebody sent me this morning that he now owes an additional million dollars to the IRS. Oh my God. Yeah. Like I don't care how much money he's making from boy George, probably not. And his, you know, TV show, you're not making up, you know, a couple million dollars in taxes and living the life that you're living. You just can't catch up. So, you know, it's, it's crazy. So maybe in fairness, maybe their marriage has had its ups and downs. And then this recent, I don't know if it was the money and maybe it's a legal reason. He's like, you know, maybe it's a Tom and an thing where it's like, we need to split up. So you're not liable for liens or I have no idea, but you know, I'm just annoyed that like, this has clearly been something and we're not really going to see it the entire season.
1: I think what we're going to see is him not showing the empathy that Dorit is looking for with regards to her PTSD. It's a complicated illness. It doesn't, mean that just because you go through treatment that you're automatically gonna be cured from not having episodes you know there's just it's a it's complicated and I think he is impatient I think he's an impatient person and I think he's reckless I love him on the show I really find him so funny oh, yeah. he's and a great housewife <laughs> I would love to hang out with him at some point like I think the two of them are just so goofy but I don't know
0: that he's the best partner Well, I think he's like a queen of the con. I mean, if we're being honest, Mm -hmm. I think he's slimy and, you know, all of that. I agree. He would be super fun to hang out with. Most con 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 artists are. Um, I think, you know, look, I I hate to be cynical about this, but it's like you married a straight man and I hate to break it to you. But anytime you're dealing with a straight man, 90 percent of them want to fix it. They want to move on. They don't want to dwell. They don't know how to be that person. They maybe do at the beginning and then they're done and they want to move on. And, you know, maybe I'm projecting from my own relationship, but, you know, most men are like that and they're not good yeah. at sitting in that. So that's kind of like, I don't really even fault PK that much for it because he's, you know, I I do think he loves her or loved her. I mean, it appears that he loves her. And I thought that Sutton saying that about the DUI and having a woman in the car. That didn't ring know. true to me because there's like a police report it.
1: and yeah. I don't know. I mean, not that the police don't lie on police reports regularly, but I I feel like they would at least say if someone else was in the car.
0: I also feel like it's breaking Housewives code of dirtiness, which is like if Doreen came for you and your family, I get it. You're just putting it out there innocently, but you're getting revenge. But like, I don't what What has Doreen ever done to Sutton? You know, to me, to say something like that, you know, I thought that was really uncalled for and i love you know a a rumor more than anybody but that just seems not like out of line yeah it was kind of out of the blue i
1: wasn't sure if they were trying to (laughs) plant a seed for later down the line in the season but do you think that any of these stories are true that dorit and pk are separated right now he's living in a hotel i know they i know it's true oh my god really how do you know (laughs) I'm not telling you. Nancy. Okay. Okay. Oh, so someone <laughs> confirmed
0: it. Yes. Is that recent or is that yes? Do like you think as it, of last week? I mean, I don't know when it happened, but I got it confirmed. This
1: sorry, this week. Do you think it's because the timing they found she found out about the
0: tax lien? I have no idea. I okay. literally know nothing. And by the way, the person that I asked didn't know either. They got it confirmed from somebody on good authority. Okay. So I think it's. I think it's fairly recent, although the rumors have been going around because of their social media and them not being seen together for a couple months.
1: Ooh. I know. I feel bad. I feel It's bad Divorced for them. Island
0: over on Beverly Hills. I
1: know. Okay, so let's then get into Kyle. So ah. she says that she felt like she didn't get support from the women for what went down with Kathy, although I don't know what support they could have given her. They're sitting there watching two sisters one sister tear the other apart. No one wants to get in the middle of sisters. No one does, except for Lisa Rinna.
0: <laughs> It is R.I.P. So, right, exactly. <laughs> R.I.P. It Kyle constantly wants to have her cake and eat it too, you yep. know, because she doesn't want to talk about any of the things that Kathy said. She wants to kind of protect Kathy, even when she's reeling, she doesn't want to talk about what's happened. Um, but she wants everyone to come to her defense. Like it, it's literally, it's it's no win. And I think Kyle is. I I, I am embarrassed to say, Mandy, that I have spent the last forty eight hours thinking about almost to try to take my mind off of the horrors of the world. I have decided to squarely put all of my thoughts on Kyle and Mauricio. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, I started to think. Of, I, I can't stop thinking about that scene with them. Can we? Can we talk about that? Yes. So. You know, one of the things I had Kyle on my podcast, uh, like I said years ago, and I listened back to it when all the rumors came out about them separating because I wanted to hear if there was anything, you know, like, were there's anything that she said? Any nugget that she said? Yeah, the only nugget, and it wasn't really a nugget or, or surprising to anyone, was we were talking about her and Kim and season one and you're an alcoholic and all that, and I said something to her like, "Were you raised to keep secrets?" And she said something like, well, wasn't everybody, isn't everybody, you know? And I said, no, not in my family. And I thought that was very revealing because I think, you know, allegedly from all accounts that I've heard and read, Big Kathy was also an alcoholic and sounded like, you know, bipolar, or borderline personality. I mean, there was a lot going on with Big Kathy. And I think that Kyle, especially as the youngest child, especially with sort of little Kathy raising her and I'm... Um, Kim working I mean there's so much going on there but I think that Kathy I mean I'm sorry I think that Kyle was raised to be this good girl who you know kind of protected everybody she was protecting Kim I mean she was I that was not calculated in season one when she when she launched out like that yeah so that was a huge deal for her to say that and she had been protecting that for decades so I think and did you listen to I, I did the work so you guys don't have to I listened to two twats and a pod or whatever it's called no Devers. i
1: i have not because i
0: heard there was one of the things on a message board that said that teddy basically admitted to mauricio's cheating and edwin's cheating so i was like all right i gotta suffer through this to get to
1: oh. it so
0: i'll give you the time code so you don't have to listen to the whole thing because it was pretty painful but there's about a really juicy three minutes like toward the end of the pod where um teddy basically says that well Penny basically says Edwin cheated on me and that was the whole first season I thought we were going to get divorced, which is, again, annoying because we didn't see any of that. Um, She claims that they cut it out, that they were at each other the whole first season. But I know we got plenty of family scenes and they seem fine. So anyway, that's that. But she basically all but said that Kyle has been protecting Mauricio. So what's interesting about that scene is that um, Kyle is getting angry at Mo because he's like, you know, you can't be hiding I'm sorry, you can't be uh, getting all these tattoos, you know, And, and kind of like maybe what a husband might say. I mean, I thought it was out of bounds, but like I could, you know, husband's allowed to weigh in just like a wife's allowed to weigh in on like something like that. You know, it's weird, but whatever. And Kyle's like getting pissed, right? It was a weird scene anyway, but Teddy's interpretation was like, How dare you try to tell me anything when I'm covering for you what you did? So what I'm piecing together with everything, and again, all allegedly, I actually, I've heard pieces, but I don't know what's true and what isn't. But this makes sense to me. We've all heard that Mauricio has cheated for years and years. Mm -hmm. He was, you know, as far as I know, it was like, here's a Birkenbag. thanks for the bang, moving on. and. They haven't they talked a little bit. That's why there were tabloids and stuff like that. But it's never been, you know, a long affair or anything like that. But I heard that the last final straw was it was one of her friends. Now I don't know if it was a good friend or not. And I heard she's not talking to Faye. I really don't think it was Faye. My guess the Faye fracture has to do with Morgan Wade, but that's another story. Um, and again, all speculation. So I, whatever was the final straw, and she admitted on Watch What Happens Live that she initiated the breakup is she's reeling about it. And that's why seeing those pictures of her, of him with Emma got her so angry. Cause I'm thinking you're separated. Like I was living with my husband when he was separated. Like you're allowed to date. Like what's the problem? And I think she was, whatever it is, it brought back up whatever happened. And also I think they had some deal that like, do what you want, but just don't be public about it. So even though she's literally calling the paparazzi to get her and Morgan at every turn. So all, the, all that I'm trying to say here in this long-winded way because I have so many thoughts is that the reason why that scene was so interesting is that I think that Kyle has been covering for Mo for years and I think that finally she's done but she's sort of still got Kyle in her, right? So she's not mm-hmm. completely like you fucking cheater, don't you tell yeah. me what to do I'm not covering for you anymore like they have a family, they have kids and she's not going to publicly humiliate him this was her sort of halfway in because you can tell she's really mad I mean, and not just in the scene. She's just mad. She's done. And I don't think Mauricio had the me- got the memo, frankly. And I don't know when this was filmed. My gut was that it was filmed when they picked up cameras later. And that's why they were like, hey, spring break's coming up. What are we doing for spring break in Coachella? I felt like they were trying to time check it so that we would think it was filmed during the season. But my gut tells oh me it was later.
1: Elisa, you- Were you
0: thinking the same thing?
1: <laughs> no, I my brain was not that far ahead this, I hate that, You've got I that producer way. brain I know you, which is I incredible. hate it I didn't even it. remember that they were talking about spring break I just I just know felt why like why was, am I like this no why I, I love, love, this? love that you're like this it's you know yeah. there's certain things that I always remember as well but no I agree I feel like Kyle also so I think that there's a couple other layers going on I think one of the big ones is Kyle's friend that committed suicide. I believe that right, was in right. May of, I forgot what it's year. Of
0: 2022. Yeah. Because she started hanging out with Morgan, as far as we know, that's around that exact same time. Yes. She had reached out. I looked into the timelines
1: on this. She had okay. DM'd Morgan about her music. A month or two before this friend of hers died. And I have a feeling that they bonded over something related to her friend's death. I feel like other people weren't there for her in the way that she needed them to be there for her, including her husband. And Morgan became her sounding board, her safe space, the person who heard her and who understood her. And... I have not listened to Morgan's music, but it sounds like she reached out to Morgan because the lyrics and the songs were speaking to her. And I, I really want to go through what those lyrics are because that probably gives us some insight. So it feels like not only did she kind of publicly have to deal with this whole debacle with Kathy and being treated so poorly, so publicly, but she also was dealing with this friend's death. And I feel like when she said at the end, she said, I went from doing everything my mom told me to do to being a mom myself and being a good example for my girls. And I realized that you can do all that and things can still go to shit. And I don't know if it's um, brought on by my sister or what, but I don't feel like I have to answer to anybody. And I feel like some of it has to do with her friend.
0: Yeah, and Morgan. I mean, I think that a couple, conf- mm-hmm. I think it was a confluence because um, my friend Donna Bowling, do you listen to Daily Dose of Donna or your yes, listeners? Yes, and
1: I need to reach out to her to come on this podcast. I'm, oh, is she going yes. to BravoCon?
0: Yeah, she okay. is. She is. I'm looking I'll forward to I'll connect to you guys. Please, please, please she's amazing. Please do. She's amazing. So she said on her pod yesterday, which I thought was really smart, um, she said, I think that Kyle would have stayed in this marriage forever even because she swallows a lot and she has swallowed a lot. And the Umanskis are a unit. They have a very close family. They got their houses, they got their image, you know, they have it all right on the exterior. She said, but I think when she met Morgan, everything changed because she felt seen to your point. She felt cherished. She felt paid attention to, I mean, I think, you know, we don't know the interior of their relationship, but clearly that was a turning point. And, and that happened. I mean, I, I see it in my own life. It happens to a lot of people. I had a friend that was in a very long relationship that was not good for a long time, but they would have stayed together as partners and friends, but not even romantic, probably forever. And then she met somebody and it changed everything. But she needed like what they call the lily pad to do that. So I think that Morgan was Kyle's lily pad and she obviously fell hard. And I a million percent believe they're in a relationship. I think you do. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, I, well, first of all, I know it, but I oh. also believe it anyway. I mean, I don't know from Kyle, but it's yeah. by all many, many, many accounts. They're in a really, a, you know, a real relationship. I'm sorry. I differ with you, Mandy. When I saw that video, I had, I mean, you didn't see chemistry. All I saw was two women literally who couldn't get, keep their hands off each other and were completely <laughs> I was just like, it's like, so... it's so funny how two people could see it so differently. I was like, if I ever had a doubt, I have never seen anything like this. So and by the way, the funny thing is they're like, well, we might as well give him something to talk about. It's like, well, actually, that was filmed before the rumors even came out. So hello. Oh, I didn't even realize the timing. Yes, you're please. so right. Of course. The, 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 the depths of which I know about this relationship are it's, it's concerning for me that I, that I <laughs> am that involved. But, but I think that, you know, that happens sometimes. And I think that that's why she initiated it, because she felt like she had a safe. And by the way. They might not have been physical, you know, it might have just been that a like a very close friend. I do believe that it became it more eventually than that. crossed. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I mean somebody said, I think it was Undana's podcast or something, but somebody said, "Listen, I'm a young lesbian in my 20s. You're not single for a year and a half with nobody and she's had girlfriends in the past like because we haven't seen her with anyone else but Kyle for a year and a half. She's like, If you're a lesbian who's 28 years old out there as a singer, like, you know, on the road, you're with everybody or you're with one person, but you're not with nobody for a year and a half or two years, whatever it's been. So if that's, you know, more proof that we need than these two are together, not that we need the proof, but again, it frustrates. So you want to know my theory about the reveal? Because, you know, on Andy Cohn, you watch Watch What Happens, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So she, you know, he asked about it, but he softballed it. Really, you know, he didn't softball a lot of the others, but he softballed that, and he didn't press at all. My and she was like, "We're really close friends," and which is not lying, right? They are mm-hmm. close friends. So my gut, and and again, don't hold me to it. I'm not going to take bets, but I th- and I this is based on nothing, just my gut that they're slow rolling it and that she's going to reveal it at the reunion. I could see that. Yeah, and she'll probably gonna, say, it just started, started a couple it. months ago. <laughs> yeah, or she'll be fishy about it. I'm not going to say it's still my private life, but I'm going to say that we have something very special. And she's very dear to me. And probably we'll leave it there. And Andy and her are friends and he probably won't press it. But I do believe she's going to come clean about it. And I do believe that that aspect is produced by Kyle because she knows what makes good TV. And, you know, she's Blue balling us, but it's effective. <laughs> so, what I'm shocked by is that Kathy hasn't said
1: anything publicly. She, slipped.
0: she slipped. Remember, she slipped? Well, a little. On the Amazon Live. She slips all the time. That's why I Yeah, was she said something it- and she goes, Well, Kyle told us a secret today. And Morgan's in the video and Kyle's eyes go like this to Morgan and Morgan looks back like this, like a deer in headlights. And she's like, Okay, Kathy. And they moved on. And yeah. Oh, my God. And I guess it could have been anything.
1: Yeah. And it could have been just so loose-lipped. Like, her own daughter didn't tell her that she was having a baby.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because she couldn't trust her mom. I mean, that's when you know things are bad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's
1: interesting. I've seen now, you know, Kyle at Morgan's uh, concert
0: with Kathy. I know. It's so interesting. I think that's a fuck you to Mauricio. I I think think so too. Yeah. I I honestly don't think that she gives a shit about Kyle or Morgan. I think she's just like, how can I stick it to Mo? That's so, yeah. Yeah. I think Kathy's vindictive and, and not a good person. Yeah. I think she can be real
1: mean, but I think she's kooky. I think the kookiness is real. For a while, I thought she was playing a role, but a number of people I know who've been around her in person say that's just how she is. And that isn't necessarily a different persona, but she can be that and she can also be mean. That's how Big Kathy was, too. Yeah. She can be funny and she can be very, very harsh. Oh, my goodness. There's so much with Kyle (laughs) and, and Mauricio. And I don't know. I've always loved them so much and thought that they were such a sweet partnership but part of me wonders if they've gotten too big financially and they've gotten too well-known and they're on too many shows and it's just, you can't keep up with your image when you've
0: got more than just one camera on you. Yeah. He, yeah. I don't know. It's so weird to me that he's pursuing fame the way that he is. I mean, I think he's always like being in the spotlight, but the dancing with the stars and the videos, like it's like Mauricio, what are you doing? You are so rich. You have a massive agency. You don't need this. And I that's, think it's uh, a I've fuck been, you to Kyle. I mean, that's the only thing I can think. No, I think he gets joy from it. I think Yeah, that's <laughs> I think
1: I think he really enjoys it. But what made me so sad was watching him work and you know, flying all over the place and running around, and every single thing he's doing is making him more money. At what point do you have enough and feel like you can actually relax? Because most people that I know work in order to get money and spend it how they want and have a lifestyle that they enjoy. But if you're working, 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 you almost don't get to appreciate the lifestyle that you have. You're just in work mode. And I always feel this way about Candy Burris. I'm like, when will you feel like you have enough? Cuz you're not going to get these years back with your young kids. You know, we, you're like <laughs> not spending time with them, you're running around, you you know, I just I don't understand being booked. Yeah, I mean, that I think he way. enjoys
0: it. I, yes and no. I think he goes in spurts. It's like, you know, just from my armchair, like, you know, seeing him on social media and stuff. I think, you know, he's stoned. He's in Denver at their house or wherever their house is in Colorado. Bale, yeah, he's hanging out. Yeah, Bale, Sorry, I dare I say Denver. <laughs> Bale, You know, like, I don't know. I think he enjoys himself, but he definitely works hard. Um, but, you know, look, he's building an empire and those types, they're, they, you know, they're always in build mode and hustle mode. But I feel bad for Portia. And I know that's judgy and it's none of my business. But, you know, talk about small town, like, I, I'm not working with this trainer anymore, but she goes to my trainer and like, I bumped into her a bunch of times and Portia? she's adorable. Yeah. And I just feel- They send
1: 15 year olds to personal trainers in Beverly Hills. Of course they do. <laughs> Mandy, come on I now. don't know why that's so shocking to me. It's like, you yeah. can't go to a soul cycle class. You have to no, have like a personal no. trainer.
0: No, come on um and she just seems lovely and i just feel like you know look kyle has four kids so it's different i only have one but like you know and i know by the way kyle's a great mom like this is not a commentary at all but it's like she's out gallivanting all over the world it seems she's here she's there she's shooting her documentary i just put air quotes around that and (laughs) i just feel like what about Portia? you still have one more like justice for Portia. i don't know it makes me sad yeah who's at home with her I, I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> it's like a guess. Faye there. Resnick.
1: <laughs> so what's the deal with Faye Resnick? What do you think? I just heard today.
0: There? I just heard today. I mean, my guess, Faye has always seemed like the biggest bitch on the planet. I am sorry. Like I never understood the relationship with Kyle. Like, but I think it was all tied up in the Chris Jenner of it all and the whole like Nicole Brown Simpson. Like that, that was all a click through Kathy, and I think that it just trickled down to Kyle when she was younger. I don't know. But all I can say is, um, and I think Kyle was scared of Faye, sort of. Like, she reminded her of, like, her mom or Big Kathy. I don't know. It always seemed like Kyle. Did it? Like, she was, like, her mommy. I think that Faye got jealous of Morgan. And again, that's pure speculation, but oh. they spend 24-7 together, and Kyle was her bestie. And I just think probably, you know, maybe wasn't supportive of it. I think it seems like They and Mauricio were close, so maybe she felt bad with Mauricio. I have no idea, but that would be my guess, although it could have just been something completely unrelated. I have no idea. Well, Kyle's also changed
1: a lot, right? She's not drinking. She's exercising all the time. She's kind of uh, a little bit worrisome to me how obsessed she is with food, you know, um, or at least it seems like she
0: might be. She's obsessed with food or not
1: eating food? Not (laughs) eating food. Yeah, I was
0: like, I haven't seen her eat anything
1: yeah about but you know and we know that she has a history with an eating disorder that she right. opened up about so that it just worries yeah. me a little bit but you know I I thought was Faye sober or no she just doesn't you know do cocaine just, anymore
0: yeah but that's a really good question I don't know but listen she has changed regardless of whether Faye yeah. is sober or not she's definitely changed you know I I think it seems like for the better for herself. Like she seems more in touch with, you know, this is my power. I'm going to do what works for me. And I think she's going to go through more phases. I think this is like, she's coming out of a, you know, we're the exact same age. So I think when you are in your fifties, it's like you, you, you do, you, you know, you're like menopause or whatever. Like you just, everything starts to change and you start to see things differently. And plus her kids are almost grown. And I think there's, a lot going on her there. The kids are and, grown except for Portia. Right, except like, for Portia.
1: Morgan is her kid's age.
0: Okay, Mandy, I'm glad you said it. I think it's gross because if I it was a man, too. we would say it's gross. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I think, think it's like, weird to be with someone. And that's why half we don't want age. to think it. That's why I think that every, I think it's the only reason we've all thought, well, is are they really in a relationship? Because we can't actually fathom. But
1: it's also that she weird to be, be friends with someone like that close <laughs> that's your kid's age. I know.
0: I just think it's odd. It's really odd. And I guess I don't judge the friendship as much because I don't know, like you can, you can, you know, connect with people on a friend level, you know, but to be, yeah. I mean, I, I just, I have a stepson who's 31 and, you know, if I split up with my husband, I can't picture dating somebody, you know, one of his friends, like his age, like it's just so weird to me. Or younger. It's really weird. Or, younger. Morgan is younger yeah. than
1: Farah. And I just find no, I that know, to be crazy. the weird part for Isn't,
0: me. And she's the same age as um, Alexia mm-hmm. or Sophia. I always confuse them. Yeah. Same. And it's really young. It's really young. And, well, I'm going to stop because I want to start to get mean, but it just seems like a very unusual choice. But <laughs> I think she went in the complete opposite direction, clearly. Yeah. You know, Um so. Anything else from this
1: episode? I guess the only other thing I took notes on was Sutton got a horse named Santos, which just keeps <laughs> reminding me of George Santos. Um,
0: <laughs> who, That's, fun he's, fact, he's a be, lion. He's a lion cheating horse. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: uh, New York Republicans want to I saw, get I him fell. kicked out of Congress. And this new speaker is going to have to navigate that because they can't lose one more vote. It's such a joke. (laughs) Everything. Everything happening right now in Congress is a joke. A joke. Um, I guess it always kind of is. And then we've got Garcelle and her boys. And it sounds like Jax in particular has just been upset that she has been focused on herself and working and all that. But what I kind of thought I was hearing is that he doesn't like to be with his dad.
0: (laughs) That's That's what I was like. Why is it I didn't like this scene. I did not like this scene. By the way, it was so funny because, like I said, my daughter was um, you know, in the same class as Jade for four years. And ap- she didn't, you know, she doesn't watch the show, but afterwards I said, Jade's, I said, Jade's dating some girl named Ashlyn. That's all I said. She goes, Oh, he's so into her. I said, exactly. <laughs> I said so the world knows that Jade is obsessed with Ashlyn. It was so funny. Um, I did not like the scene. I felt so badly for Garcelle as you know, obviously hugely relatable because they're exact, When I say they're the exact same age as my daughter, they have the same birthday as my daughter. They were born on the exact same day, the exact same year. Yeah. And I think our son might be a little bit older than me, but you know, it's very relatable Um, as a working mom. And I I was pissed because these teenagers just talk and they say shit because they know exactly how to hurt you. They know exactly where your push points are. And I'm not saying there's, he's not entitled to his feelings and there's not some validity there. But, you know, you know that when she was away for those three weeks, let us it's not a year, it's three weeks, she was FaceTiming every day, she was texting every day, I, she didn't go MIA, you know, so right. I just feel like, you know, give moms a fucking break, kids, come on, I just, that's all I felt for Garcelle, like,
1: yeah, I don't know, I'm not sure, but it seemed like that scene was sort of being set up to, we say, we see next week that I guess he wants to go live with his dad, he seems to be going through some sort of, like, anger phase, and, We'll see how that all kind of plays out. But I felt for one too.
0: Was he the one that Erica yelled at or was it the other one? I think it
1: was Jax. Yeah, I think it was him.
0: It was Jax. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's... Yeah. I mean, he clearly likes the camera and Jade hates the camera. That, that's what I've seen over the years. And like she said, didn't she say you are twins, but you cannot be more, more different. Yeah. I mean, Jade is this, like more typical teen, like doesn't speak, just wants to be with his girlfriend. And Jack seems much more emotional and in touch with his feelings and connected to Garcelle, you know. And so it's interesting for her to navigate that. I love her. I continue to love her. She's not perfect. She definitely does shady things, but th- I think she's a great housewife. I really enjoy her.
1: I enjoy her too. And anything that you've heard from Crystal, like about the season, about what she was so mad that they cut
0: that girl out. She I was in know. it for like point 0.1 second. Um, I know that they did preview this so I can say it. I know she gets into it with the new girl. Okay. Um, I forget her name. Anne Marie. Is that her name? Anne Marie. Yeah. She seems yeah. weird. Yeah. I think there's a lot going on there that's going to be revealed. That's interesting. Um. That's really all she told me. Um, Yeah. I mean, we didn't really get in debt, you know, they can't really talk about it. So, um, but Crystal, the one thing I'll say about Crystal, um, and I hope that the general public will start to see her in a different way. If what we have cooking uh, happens, which is that like the show to me does not capture her at all. It captures like a quarter of her personality. There is, she is so smart, so funny, so cool so relaxed and you know interesting and she speaks her mind and she's you know she's she's awesome and i feel like on the show she comes across and i think it's also in the edit which i don't usually say but definitely this first episode where i'm sure she spoke at all these occasions they just cut her out but like more like the shrinking violet who doesn't want to talk and you know what i mean and so i just i i feel like people don't get the right view of crystal from the show and it makes me mad <laughs>
1: I hope that they showcase her more and yeah. that she also feels more com- comfortable speaking up. But she did last year, you know, against Erica and was explaining, that was great. you know, I this love that. Is why we yeah. think this of you. Yeah. And Erica, oh, my God, you're right. I'm not sure if she's co uh. as a sociopath or if she truly doesn't understand empathy. <laughs> but I think, you know, to be fair to her, she wasn't raised with any sort of social, emotional development skills.
0: Yeah. It's hard, like not to feel bad for her, even though I really don't enjoy her. Like there is a piece of me that feels sad for her.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's, you know, I, one of the things I've been learning a lot about at my job recently is early childhood development and neuroplasticity of the brain for the first thousand days, you know, from, Um, you know, prenatally until age two, and how like, that's like the most important window for nutrition and for cognitive stimulation and and brain growth. And if you you don't see model behavior, you can't model it back. And I'm looking at my niece, who is starting to act out different things. You know, she for play, she quote unquote, goes to work. And she (laughs) tells my sister-in-law, don't worry, I'm coming back. Like, just what my sister-in-law tells her when she leaves for work. So, like, they play and they're always trying to figure out their environment and make sense of it. And it just feels like she was not given the skills. And so she was so focused on survival. And I think she never really got out of that mode. She started to relax when she had money because, okay, money is, now I don't have to be scared all the time that I'm not going to have something. But then the money started you know drying up and then it was like survival mode again and then you can't think about anything but yourself and it and it showed
0: absolutely and i think that her not being able to empathize at all with the victims is you know i'm not saying anything that hasn't been said but i 100% believe she felt like she was a victim i yes. found this guy who was supposed to support me forever and my lifestyle and what i want all the things i wanted and then the rug was pulled out from under me how do you guys not get that I am a victim too, you know, and we're like, uh, what, but she, that's exactly the way she sees it, you know, and that's also a a narcissistic trait, which I believe she has a lot of narcissistic traits as well. I think most of the housewives do, but yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I think that that's a prerequisite of being on the show. You must be a narcissist.
1: So I want to get your thoughts on the Real Housewives of New York reunion part one.
0: Oh, Okay yeah so
1: Uba came I've been in thinking hot. about I've
0: been thinking about uh, this a lot too. right I-, I was like, what else
1: weren't we shown? I feel like a huge part of Uba's pe- personality was the freak out with Aaron and that we did not actually see her full personality. We only saw her being goofy and then her a huge part of her personality is anger. Mandy,
0: I'm so glad that you said this. You just articulated exactly what I've been thinking about, which is, and this is what I was thinking about when I was driving on the canyon yesterday, my deep thoughts, which was the fact she just slipped in casually, that she slapped every boyfriend that she's had after the breakup. Imagine if a man said that. We'd be like, uh, mayday, mayday. Like, I think uba has got some really big issues, and I totally agree with you that anger's one of them, and you know, look, we always say we can't diagnose anybody, whatever. But there's some type of personality disorder, I believe going on there. Having said that, I actually really like Uba as a housewife and think that she's very interesting. But I agree that there's a lot going on there. And her reaction to Aaron, I know it's very nuanced and I know it's complicated and I don't want to go deep on it, but I thought it was overblown. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think
1: everyone agrees that it was overblown. Okay. The hard part, I think, was that she couldn't get over it and the time it wasn't that she blew up. It was that she blew up and she couldn't get back to like baseline. And so she stayed at this blow up phase for like hours and hours, you know, and, and to have like sustained anger for 24 hours like that. It's, you know, even hurricanes, you know, blow through.
0: (laughs) Yeah, It was just
1: wild to me. And then seeing some of the previews for next week and how, she's like yelling at Bryn and yelling at everyone and you know yelling at Jenna it's like and then she says there's a difference between being angry and being assertive and Bryn tries to tell her no but like you're actually being angry this isn't assertiveness <laughs> and that's yeah. when they get into that argument but i feel like Aaron uh not Aaron Uba wanted to drop bombs she wanted to let everyone know hey Jenna these girls didn't want you on the show you know, Is Andy going
0: to pick back up on that? I was I, like, I need more of that. I was shocked when she said that. I was like, Andy, don't roll over that.
1: That sounds so accurate, though, because Jenna was treated differently than the rest of them. Yeah. She got to pick and choose what was shown. She got to, you know, probably made a lot more money than them. She got to, like, dabble in. And I don't know. I just I could see that being accurate. But she also is saying that Jenna, you know, you act differently on the show and then you do in real
0: life. And I believe that. Yeah, I don't like Jenna for the show. I've been very vocal about that. I'm sorry. I think she's a terrible housewife. I think she hopefully will leave next season on her own accord. I find her to be a very interesting person and I respect her a lot. I've always kind of followed her career. I hate her for the show. I just do. I, yeah. I completely agree. I'm with Uba. Like, it's very triggering to see, like, that's not even a good house. Forget the difference between real life and housewifery. That's just a bad housewife to be like, hey, you know, I don't like conflict. I don't want to talk about my relationship. Oh, these women, they're all scaring me. I You know, she's had some good moments. And I don't think it was, like, a mistake to put her on the first season. And I think it made for some interesting drama from the other housewives. But I don't think she adds to the show going forward. Like, and I don't even know what the show is going forward, to be honest. So but I don't see Jenna. I don't think this is a good show for her. I don't don't think TV, I watched her show on HBO Max. I don't think she TV is a good vehicle. She's not made for TV. I'm sorry. She's an amazing fashion. I love that. The jeans. I love her whole badass, you know, kind of, you know, I make my own rules and, I I love her. Like, as a human, I think she's really cool. I just don't want her on my TV. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I think she's made it very clear to all of us that she's embarrassed by the show, and that bothers me. I'm like, you are acting like you're too good for this, and that actually sucks. Like, we don't want that. You don't do it.
0: You're getting paid. Yeah. She's not doing it pro bono. I know. I know.
1: But that's Um, also,
0: I think, very her personality. Like, I I don't know. I don't know where well. I don't really actually forget that. Yeah, <laughs> scratch that.
1: Then we've got Bryn versus Cy. I can't believe they hadn't spoken since the finale. That is wild to me. It must be that their friendship wasn't as deep as what Bryn thought it was, because that shouldn't be grounds to end a friendship. Come on.
0: I really don't like Cy. I'm sorry. She's I am awful. I'm just, yeah, and that's the thing like with every housewife, like even. Diana <laughs> or like Peggy Suleiman. I don't know. There's been other housewives where I'm like, all right, I may not like them, but like I can see why they're good for the show. I can see why, you know, I would want to get to know them better or like this is interesting or appealing about them. With Sai, I'm at a loss. Like I, I just, she's unlikable in a way. Like, okay, Erica Jane, unlikable, great housewife, like mm-hmm. totally get it. You know, and you can say that about. I mean, Rena. You can say that about so many housewives. With Sai, I'm like, what? Why are we watching? She, I don't like her. She's not. I don't love to hate her. I don't hate to love her. Like, I just don't. I find her to be awful and not good for the show. I don't know. I, I'm. You just, just don't care. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I couldn't stand thing.
1: that she kept saying that. I'm like, stop saying that. Stop being too cool. Stop. Just let us know what you actually think about things. The only redeeming thing about her is her husband. I thought he was pretty I decent.
0: I don't like him either. And the other thing and the other thing <laughs> is, you know, every... You know, there were a couple moments where she was vulnerable. But like she said it on the reunion, she has such a hard exterior. And um, I think that's who she is. Like, I think that's how... She, even as a mom, you know, she you know, sometimes you see a really different side of housewives when they're with their friends versus their kids. And you're like, like Giselle, that's a perfect example. Giselle is such a bitch. She stirs it up. She's such a pain in the ass. So hard to like. And then you see her with her kids. I'm like, oh my God, I love Giselle. I love her right. kids. I love her with her kids. I love everything about that. And it and it's just a dimension that makes her so much more than the caddy you know, bitchy housewife. And we don't see that with Cy. At least we don't see it yet. I'm willing to give her another shot. Um, but I I don't know. I, I just, I really did not enjoy her. And I didn't think for an influencer, I thought she had the worst fashion of everybody on the show. And that needs to be said.
1: Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> except for the reunion. I loved her reunion dress.
0: I did too. Yeah. I was obsessed with it. Someone said, I think Amy Phillips said she didn't like the top of it. I loved the top. I loved it head to toe. I thought she looked... I left, Thought other than Bryn, <laughs> I did not. Bryn's dress, like I loved it from the waist down. I loved the like the the um, slit, the belt, and the slit. It was yeah, but I hated the top of the it. The top was rough. But um, but they they are. That's been my favorite part of New York is the fashion. Like they have, they are like literally eons ahead of every other franchise when it comes to fashion. Like they all should take a take a and I've really appreciated that. And then we see that Cy and
1: Aaron don't seem to be on good footing, which I find like fascinating because they seem to think as thieves, not only throughout the second half of the season, but on podcasts and stuff, Aaron would be like, I'm closest to Cy. We talk all the time. And I feel like as the scrutiny from the viewers started to close in on both of them, they turned on each other or side turned on Aaron
0: is what I suspect happened. Yeah. And a friend of mine um, from this universe said, that's what he doesn't like about the show in general. They're just all too thirsty and too concerned with what the public thinks. And, you know, it's just a different era to become a housewife, you know, and it's sort of, I, I don't envy it because I think it's really hard to kind of, not you're also in a reboot of an iconic franchise which is also i mean you're not you're not even filling shoes it's just a completely different animal
1: yeah i i thought jessel held her own and oh I my still god think I love she's Jaisal. the queen of, <laughs> she, of new york i completely
0: agree i said i think on twitter i said any housewife that can cue their own clip on a reunion is instantly iconic she's like when i can't remember who said it sire aaron was like we didn't go after your marriage. And she goes, Oh, okay. You didn't? And it was like, Hold for clip. And then they played the clip and then, like, you know, going after her marriage. I'm like, I love it. She totally knew exactly what she was doing there. God yeah.
1: They're just projecting, honestly, that because they don't trust that their husbands could go to Vietnam and not fuck some random girl. So they assume that. Pavet would be doing that. And I love that he put on Instagram like the whole video of his experience on the flight and then all the things he ate while he was there and then the flight home like it was. uh, Give give Pavet an apple. He's so funny. Um, he really is. I want love to him. touch quickly on Winter House. Ooh. So are you as invigorated by the show as I am now that there was a huge cast shakeup and we're seeing a lot of fresh
0: faces? Yeah. Well, I love a winter house and I love a summer house. <laughs> Me like too. I do. I and I, I till this day can't explain I've said this before, I'm sure on your podcast, I can't explain why. I can't even explain what the show is, frankly. Like you could explain the other shows. These shows my husband will walk in, you know, when I'm watching. He's like, what are you want? And I'm like, I, I don't even know how to explain. Like, why I like this show as a like old woman, I have no idea. But it's just so much <laughs> fun. And they're just such idiots. And I love all the dynamics. And I loved, um I think we talked about Martha's Vineyard. Summer House was amazing. Jordan. Yeah, just, with yeah it there moves was really so quick. Great. Yes, Nothing gets too deep. Like, I'm obsessed with Carl and Lindsay. So I'm really excited for Summer House to go deep into that. But um Kyle and Amanda, I mean, uh, come on, but Kyle's so good at it that, like, we gotta keep him around, but of course and Amanda comes with And he sets a him. good <laughs> tone, and I feel like
1: Tom Schwartz needs him at this point, because oh my, he's the only one showing any sympathy towards Tom Is and I get it, like, I get what Kyle was saying, that none of us know what it must be like to be on the receiving end of every single media outlet in the world at the exact same time to the point that you know, the White House Correspondence Center talked about SkandaVal. I mean, that's insane to get to that yeah. level of pop culture New reference. Times. New York Times. I know. It,
0: my parents were like, what's SkandaVal? Like, I know. Oh
1: my God, my, my dad and stepmom were like, yeah. your show is in the news.
0: <laughs> yeah. Your dog. They're like, this time it wasn't Stassi. What happened? Right. right. Well, she's been <laughs> off the show. That's so funny. Yeah. No, it's, it's, It's fun and it'll continue to be fun. Like, that's the thing about maybe not as much Summer House anymore, but Winter House because it's so new. Like, literally nothing needs to happen.
1: It's just fun. It's just fun. I love Brian Benny being on. I really, really want the Family Karma. Yeah, I didn't watch Family Karma. (gasps) Watch it. It's literally the most feel good show on Bravo. And it's so funny. Like, actually, laugh out loud, funny. I love laugh out loud. Very heartfelt.
0: Oh, I started at season one, like the first episode and it was slow. You know, I never I that happened with me and Vanderpump Rules. I started yeah. the first episode way back. And I'm like, eh, and then I went back when the all happened and I watched from the beginning. It and gets incredible. Like, okay. give it
1: it really, really I'll put it on the
0: list. I think season, put it on the list.
1: season two is, I think, my favorite season. Amazing. Amazing. Um, and then Southern Charm. Can we talk about Taylor briefly? Because, yeah, oh my goodness, what on earth is happening with her? I, I feel like Shep is giving her so much grace in when yeah. he's like, she had a really tough time with the breakup. She wasn't sure how to handle it. I'm like, I've never heard of someone handling a breakup by <laughs> trying to, <laughs> like, <laughs> hook up with all of their ex's friends that seems like so childish I mean I haven't heard of that in recent times like I feel like maybe it's giving Raquel it's
0: giving Rachel Raquel
1: it's just and then what I appreciated is Madison pointing out okay she's always talking about her religion she's always talking about being a good Christian you know about God about the Bible and what she's like, her behavior and her actions don't seem to go hand in hand with her. And and not that like people can't be religious and also behave poorly, right? Like we all behave poorly and many of us follow religion. But there's just something very hypocritical about it because I feel like she was preachy to a lot of them. And I, I don't think everyone picked up on it, but I did because she was talking so much with Shep about the
0: difficulty that she had that he didn't believe in God. Okay. So I am new to Southern charm. I'm going back to watch it from I'm on season two, the end of season two now. Oh no, I'm on season three. So I have not caught it. And I've, and I've watched all of this season. So this is exactly how I did Sandoval. And it's not the best. I mean how I did Vanderpump um, because it's a little confusing. Cause I'm backing, like I'm in, you know, Thomas Ravenel and Catherine right now. Uh, so, no. Um, so Taylor, like, I don't have the full arc because I only have this season with her. Um, but there's definitely a lot going on there. She seems like a good character. So I can't weigh in heavily. All I can say is that, you know, hypocrisy, especially about religion, seems to be very prevalent in Bravo these days. I see you, Lisa Barlow. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I think that's interesting and that is definitely something that, you know, makes these shows a little bit deeper than just like the surface silliness. So I like that. It was it's interesting. just
1: the fact that I feel like she has been preaching to the others and in a way, I know it hasn't been as like front and center, but I've noticed like inklings of it because it was mentioned last last season where Madison said it's never going to work out between her and Shep. She's a Bible, you know, beater mm-hmm, or whatever mm-hmm. she called her and, yeah. you know, Bible thumper. Yeah, it was like a, it was a term I was not familiar with. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a good one. So all that is very very interesting um i feel you know bad for olivia and just everything that she's having to deal with on and then have cameras on her because she said she only did one interview that i heard one podcast which was sheena's podcast from vanderpump rules and she said i believe she said something about like how she almost blacked out like she doesn't really remember much of filming um after her brother died because she was just like going through the motions, but not all there mentally. And she does say that at one point, Austin is like, you're not paying attention when I'm talking or something. And she's like, I don't give a shit about any
0: of this anymore. Like None none of it matters. None
1: of it matters. And I I just, I want to hug her (laughs) every time I see her.
0: (laughs) It's heartbreaking. That is heartbreaking. And do we, not that it matters, but do we know how he died?
1: Um, no, it hasn't been public. She did say this, like, she did come out and say that he had suffered from chronic Lyme, which, you know how I feel about chronic Lyme. (laughs) You think it's bullshit? I think it's not chronic Lyme. I think it's some other chronic illness. Yeah, it's not. So, like,
0: Lyme is the symptom, not the illness, right? If you you do not have a positive test for
1: Lyme disease, then to say that you have long-standing Lyme is not – you can't say – it's like saying, oh, I have cancer, but there's no PET scan that shows cancer. Like, you don't know – yeah, so, um, you know, I I believe there is such thing as post-Lyme illness where people don't recover. But most of the time, I think it's actually people get a virus or something and their immune system goes goes – haywire and that's exactly what I think happened to Yolanda Hadid that's you know what I think is I I don't think that they're lying I think they have all the symptoms I just don't think the cause is a tick you know bite but anyway so she said something about like him being in pain so part of me wonders between her and then Taylor and Green's brother dies four months later
0: yeah that's insane it's wild
1: that all of them have this because neither causes of death were announced My assumption uh, is either overdose or suicide, which is um, unfortunately very taboo, especially in the Christian South, according to a friend of mine from that area that you just never would acknowledge what the cause of death is if it's something like that.
0: That's so sad. And and it is unfortunate that they... You know, I feel like Carl from Summerhouse being able to talk about his brother and his drug addiction and his struggles like was so can
1: be really helpful,
0: you know. I so I think so too. I don't have think. that kind of platform. <laughs>
1: Everyone's different, but you yeah, know how I respect what they're. You started about. the episode talking about when you asked Kyle Richards, "Were you raised to keep yeah. secrets?" And she said, "Wasn't yeah. everyone?" That yeah. seems to me to be how most of these families on Southern Charm operate.
0: Yes, a hundred percent.
1: And since you and I have families that aren't big on secrets. Yeah. If someone in my family died from a suicide or overdose, I think we would um, mention it in the obituary yeah. and t- want to draw attention to
0: well to help others. You know exactly. It's they're not alone. It's, just, not alone. it's a real.
1: It's, thing. it's real. Yeah. But we obviously don't know. This is just speculation, no, and it's probably absolutely. inappropriate to speculate. Um,
0: but that's what we do. <laughs> right <laughs> It doesn't
1: make the death any less
0: sad. No, it, of course not. It's awful. It's kind of. Yeah. And again, I don't have the full context of all the seasons, which I will have in a few months. But like it feels very heavy now. Like it's a very sort of sad heaviness on the show, which honestly, the first two seasons had too. I don't love the show, if I'm being honest. And now because I'm new to it, I think I have fresh eyes in a way that people who have been watching it for years. Don't. But like I find it like very sort of sexist it's gross. And misogynistic. It's gross. Yeah. yeah it's okay, extru- thank you. Like it's I always went been from that Vanderpump, way. like, you know, my Vanderpump binge, which was, you know, between us, probably the best binge of my entire life. The best, like four or five months of my whole life. <laughs> <Vanderpump>. I swear <laughs> yes. to God, I'm like, this is the best show on television. Why do people not force me in front of a TV to watch this show?
1: I'm telling I you. Enjoyed, I, tell I enjoyed everyone. literally
0: every second, even the bad season. Um, so to go from that, which was not that show at all, I mean, not that like it wasn't, you know, men behaving badly, but it was also women behaving badly. Like it wasn't and it's L.A. So it's not the South where there's all that like patriarchy and misogyny. It just is such a different vibe than Southern Charm. And I'm like, when am I going to start having fun with this show? Like I'm, I'm not I'm kind of like only doing it to just know what's going on as opposed to like actually enjoying it. Yeah, I never
1: found this show fun. It was yeah, okay, always so it get
0: better. <laughs> well, no, I think it
1: does get more interest. There's one season where all the women kind of rise up against the patriarchy a little bit, oh, but then they go, which that. I appreciated. Yeah. I think it might be season six. I can't remember, but okay. I I remember watching and being horrified by the first couple of seasons. And I do totally. believe they even took out certain scenes from. Ugh. So there was a scene that was taken out. I'll never forget. It was at um, Thomas Ravenel's. Plantation, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, and just using the word plantation, I know it's totally yes. normal to say that in the south, but it's like for yeah. me, I'm like, what are you what are you doing there? And do you know what happened yeah, there? Literally. Is there any acknowledgement of what happened there? Um and there was a slave graveyard, and Catherine was walking by and said, Oh yeah, that's like the slave graveyard, and she said it very casually and it just and they're like walking over it or it was something really it just made me feel so sick and it did not help you know the kind of attitudes of people in the north towards people in the south Thomas Ravenel
0: is one of the most vile people I have ever seen on my television like I had such a visceral reaction to him and his friend JD also terrible oh my god is he go away eventually eventually uh yeah, the worst, the worst, and it
1: just feels. And like-
0: Whitney's awful. I'm sorry. How is he still around? Because he's, um, he's the producer. I know that. Okay, yeah, that was a um <laughs> like a, a rhetorical <laughs> question. No, but they're yeah. all he's gross. vile. The things that he says are vile. What does he say in the beginning? I almost don't oh my remember. god, the way he talks about Catherine. Yeah, he's just like you're a scum, you're a slut. Like he has no reason. I think he hates women. Yeah, I do and too. And he's clearly an addict or something's going on. I mean, he's even in this season, I'm like, he's so wasted in every scene. He's disgusting.
1: He just looks weird. And I know that yeah. he's really into college
0: age girls. And that's gross. Yeah. Well, I think that's because he's not really into girls. But that's my speculation. Oh,
1: that would make <laughs> some sense. You know, right? like, come on. And that yeah. that's also in the South and certain societies like frowned exactly upon and with and Patricia you as your mother. That. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's just, I mean, he yeah. lives in West Hollywood. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's, well, when he, when I started watching for season one, I knew nothing. I go, Oh, that's good. They're like having gay representation. Like, I, <laughs> no! I do. And what then he's like talking that? about a girlfriend. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of there's not a
1: lot of representation on Southern charm. I, I do appreciate like Leva and Vanita, but they yeah. don't seem as like integral and a part no. of the show. Totally. They're like the having others. their own show. Yeah. It's, It's just, I don't know, but it's interesting for me. It was sort of like a sociological experiment, like watching how these people behave. And it's just so different from behavior I'm familiar with. (laughs) <laughs> i'll say so um any final thoughts anything um on salt lake i know there wasn't a new oh episode, my god i
0: love the season mandy it's incredible I, it's I think it's my favorite my
1: season same of, definitely of salt lake but it's yeah. one of my favorite seasons in general i'm laughing i am There's, so I actually I went to go see Danny Pellegrino was in DC last night.
0: Fun, I love Danny.
1: He's so nice and he's so funny. But one of the things he was talking about Salt Lake, and he says there's if you stop, you have to like stop while you're watching because crazy things happen, and they're so they happen so quickly that you don't realize. And one of them was at this Easter party. He said they gave out shots of water to kids. And oh, then he cannot. has these stills. Stop. Yes, go oh, back and watch it. And oh the kids have my. shot glasses. I can't. And they're drinking the water. Oh and God, then it, like it. the dollars and it was just like, the, just why? Oh, yeah.
0: The, 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 the money. Which that's I,
1: cultural. Like, I get that. Yeah, but the
0: shots the of kids. water. <laughs> like, why? <wide.
1: laughs> it's, it's just very yeah. funny.
0: Yeah. Well, so. what's her face? Angie K. Oh, uh, the worst. Um, but, but I love to hate her. I'm at yeah, the point yeah, where exactly. I'm like, no, no, no. Well, that's you... the difference. Yeah. That's the difference with the side because she's like, she's so bizarro. Like I'm into it. And the whole, like the funny, I will, one scene I will never stop thinking about is the one with her husband when they just woke up and she's literally been in glam for six hours. They've rehearsed the scene probably 10 times. And he's like, I'm going to cry now. And she's like, don't cry! Like it's so funny. That scene oh, made gosh. me laugh so hard. I'm like, this is the crate one of the craziest Wait, scenes I've ever I seen
1: on Housewives. I Had a very different take on that scene. I felt like she's like, this is so good for me for the oh, show. Yeah. And no, he no, was like million. actually like, oh my god, we have to talk to our daughter about this. Oh no, I, I think they had thought about he was in 10 on it. Time.
0: Oh, completely. Oh, his I crying did it. was. I oh my god, it. his crying was so the whole. She's like since we haven't had I like studied that scene she's like I wanted to talk to you since we haven't been able to talk yet I'm like okay yeah you're going to sleep with your husband I don't care if you're in the same bed as your damn daughter you talked you've been in glam for six hours he (laughs) dropped he dropped in on glam okay it was so funny he is such a bizarro and I love Meredith Marks with the rumors the
1: rumors
0: and Let's talk about husbands. I <laughs> just she I love that I never know what the hell is gonna come out of her mouth, and like I love it. I love Lisa Barla. She's completely insane. Yes. I I just I'm loving Heather is like having a redemption season. I went into this first episode. I'm like, I'll never like Heather again. I hate Heather. I, I hate love Heather. her. I hate. Now I'm like, God damn it! I like Heather again. How right. did you do that to me, Heather? I mean, I hated her after last I season Girls and Trip. especially Girls Trip girls if i wanted that. to punch her yeah that was the final nail but she's coming back she knows how to get right back in there she's resurrecting just like yeah. jesus sunny star <laughs> i know yeah so i'm really actually getting jen shaw out of there was probably was the, best the best thing, the thing for that did. show she was a dark yeah. cloud over that show well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you Elisa, so much for coming and for sharing all your inside knowledge about the Beverly Hills ladies tell everyone where they can find you and plug all of your most recent projects I know you've worked on a number of projects including some with Alex Baskin who many of us know yeah Um, Yeah. I can't believe you're friends with Alex Baskin and didn't watch Vanderpump Rules
0: it was embarrassing it was really (laughs) embarrassing and I told him when I started watching I go I'm so sorry I said shame on me shame on me and meanwhile, he he could give a shit, but yeah, um, this is his job. So yeah, I mean, he's yeah, he's a, he's he's running an empire. I love Alex. So our podcast is hopefully going to be out soon, but I'll I'll say more when I know. Um, we did our fourth season of Queen of the Con on Jen Shaw, which is out now. We have a fifth season in the works, um, which should be out in the spring. Um, And yeah, I'm just continuing to work on my TV stuff as well, which is exciting. But if anyone wants to keep up, I do promote stuff that we're doing at my on my Instagram at AYR Media, Aliza Rosen, my name. And thank you so much for having me, Mandy. It's always so fun to talk to you. I love chatting with you. (laughs) Yay. All right. We'll talk soon.